How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, how's it going, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. Today, my guest is a good buddy of mine, Zion Kim. Now, Zion is the founder of 1MT and Kaboom Coaching, both seven-figure coaching companies. He's advised hundreds of entrepreneurs and taught thought leaders as an early-stage investor and advisor in online membership companies. Zion launched his first company at 19, And that early success dovetailed into launching five seven-figure businesses before hitting 28. After transforming marketing departments for industry-leading service companies and multinationals, including mortgage, lawn care, specialty insurance, and tech giants like Dell, Zion created the playbook on what it takes to avoid burnout and succeed as an entrepreneur. Today, Zion and his team at 1MT help entrepreneurs to feel fulfilled by their work in the world. Zion regularly speaks uh, young entrepreneur to young entrepreneurs and has been featured on multiple podcasts and tons of articles, including places like Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, among others. Uh, he also has an awesome uh, crystal collection. Collection. I can actually attest to this myself because I've seen them, and he knows. Uh, he introduced me to my crystal guy. In this episode, we're going to go into how uh, how he got arrested at nineteen and why it sparked his first business. We're going to talk about the secret to growing quickly and efficiently. Why some people are destined to make the same mistakes over and over as entrepreneurs and never grow uh, as an entrepreneurs or as people, and why there's no such thing as competition in entrepreneurship and how to build a conscious business. And don't forget, we only spread this message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from our podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com and grab your copy of the shit you don't learn in college book available now. That's www.sydlicbook.com. Check it out now. All right, all right. How's everybody doing? This is Xander Fryer. Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good friend, Zion Kim on. Zion, welcome to the party, man. Thank you. It's uh, finally good to be on after I, all these years. I know. You, you, you've, been hearing, you've been hearing about this podcast in the book for a while, so I'm, I'm glad yeah. we could get you on. You're a hard man to track down because you're traveling so much, but uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I caught you. Where did you say you are right now? You're in LA? I'm in Santa Monica right now. What are you doing in Santa Monica? Hanging out, just uh, <laughs> eating some food, going out to try out the different restaurants here. Try to, oh man, yeah, I went to a Michelin star restaurant the other day. It's just Where'd so you go? Um, Rustic Canyon. I've been to Rustic Canyon. That place is great. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then um, yeah, I went to Katsuya for sushi last night. Then... Katsuya is great too. Yeah. So just eating my you're, way you're, through here. You're just, yeah, you're eating your way through LA. Good work, man. I'm proud of you. Um, so for, for everybody who doesn't know Zion, which is, uh, very few people, if you're in the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial space, um, <laughs> but for anybody who doesn't know Zion, Zion, I'd love for you to just kind of give a, a little bit of a background into your entrepreneurial journey, how you became an entrepreneur, because you, you became an entrepreneur at a very young age and you've yeah. had, you know, even though you're younger than I am, I think you've had a very illustrious and long career as an entrepreneur. I'd love to dig into that uh, a little yeah. bit for people to hear a little bit around it. Yeah. So, um, so I'd say that when I, so I'd say there's two phases because I, I would say the first business that ever made the first dollar, uh, yeah. was actually when I was 16 in high school. Yeah. And then the first business that, uh, I had where, you know, it was kind of running without me necessarily having to be there. Uh, I would say was, uh, after 19, like night when I was 19. Um, yeah. and just so much older. Yeah, I know, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, and you know the biggest catalyst for me was uh, actually after I got arrested, right? So I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I thought you did. Okay, no, so, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're going down this path now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So essentially, uh, my house got raided, and. Uh, I was, you know, selling a, you know, selling some weed at the time, and then uh, this is when I was in school in Jersey, and yeah, the entire, I think I just became the president of my fraternity, uh, and then myself and eight of the people living in the house, which are all, almost all fraternity brothers, we all got arrested, and um, you know, I got out, you know, and then when I was in the waiting room, I was having a conversation with someone. And he was just there because, you know, I think he got caught smoking a joint or something. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I've been trying to get jobs, but it made it so hard because, you know, people are getting background checks and this, this and that. And he's like, and, you know, it's like, I don't, and, and that gave me a very uh, clear window into what my life looked like, right? Of like, okay, well, I clearly can't go down the path of just going to get a job anymore. Yeah. And it looks like my next thing is for me to actually start something and and really get it going. And, you know, and, you know, and whenever I share this story, I make sure that people know it's not like, you know, and I was in jail for a day, right? I got out on bail, um, you know, but going through that whole experience is a whole nother, whole nother, yeah. whole nother thing. But, um, but I was, you know, like I came back to my house and it's just like the movies, right? I couldn't even see the floor uh, because of how much it was covered with just yeah. like, stuff right Crap. and you know and this was like yeah and this was like december so the door was flinging um uh the door was broken down so it was literally like you know barely yeah. open right so this is and, and there's just one no there's just two other people in the house so this is what i came back to right so as you can imagine this is a very depressing scene and it's not like i came back and it's like oh let's you know let's do this um but you know but it you know, I got the idea. I, I had the idea before it all went down. And then, you know, I had to like really pick myself up and say, okay, like, yeah. let's, let's make this happen. But it was, you know, there's, it's so interesting, by the way, because I, I look back at it and like one of the big moments for me, I think we've talked about was like, I got a DUI in college, right? And that caused me to not go down the Air Force path, right? And, you know, it's, it's weird that these like, you know, I don't think I knew that either. Like, wow. 
apparently we're not as good friends as we thought we were. We need, we need to <laughs> yeah, work right? on our communication skills. Um, yeah, seriously. But, uh, but it's, it's interesting that like, you know, both of those things for us, like I got kicked out of the Air Force. You're kind of realizing uh, if I want to do something with my life, it's probably not going to be in the corporate world. We're almost kind of forced into yeah. the entrepreneurial space. Uh, because we didn't fit into the cookie cutter box anymore. That's that's pretty fun. So so you start this business. What was it? Uh, it was custom clothing for fraternities and sororities. Yeah, and I'm sure when you first started it, it was it was really easy when you got up and running, right? Oh boy, yeah. I wish. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's. I, I learned about everything that operational scale was not through that business. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially, um, so I, I want to kind of go to a concept called like the paradox of choice, where everyone thinks that they want a lot of choices, but they actually don't. And yeah. when you're in custom clothing, we get, had all these different options, we had to like track inventory for all these options. And then if there was any one slight mistake, then, you know, then it cost us quite a bit of money. Uh, we were using paper to track all of our orders at first, which we eventually updated into a digital system. Um, you know, I didn't know what SOPs were at the time, yeah. right? So just documenting our process, right? So SOPs is a standard operating procedure. So just documenting our process so everyone knew what to follow. Um, you know, but yeah, it nearly killed me, right? Because um, we were we were doing like so much volume, like literally thousands of custom orders, um, yeah. and you know, and you know the and we were. Uh, outsourcing all of the work for all the sewing because it's like apple k and prints uh screen printing and all those other things and you know the guy talked to me he's like i don't know what you're doing but you're doing more business than someone that's been in this for 10 years <laughs> awesome so but you it sounds like obviously like you, you you figured out a a product that people wanted to buy yeah and which you know for most entrepreneurs is one of the hardest steps Right. You figured that out. And because of that, scaling that up rapidly, you learned very quickly, like the operational and the system side of things, which it sounds like it, you know, I, I know not, you it was not quick at all. Well, I, I think, I think I'd be doing everyone a disservice, but if I, if I told people I figured this out, I, I did a year of suffering uh, yeah. before I finally learned, you know, because talk when you're first, yeah, talk to me about that. Well, when you're first starting off, um, you don't know what you don't know. So even yeah. when you have people around you, um, you know, when you have people around you, they're like, oh, I'd love to know how you can help. But I didn't even know how to ask for help because I didn't know it was broken, right? Like yeah. all I knew was based on my own perspective and my vantage point of my own level of consciousness, my own level of, um, you know, professional development, entrepreneurial development. So I didn't know how to ask questions on what was broken. Did you, right? did you so, have any mentors or anything at the time or were you doing this all on your own? Uh, at the beginning, no. Right. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until someone sat me down and was like, well, how does this work? And how does this work? And it's like, oh, okay. So clearly I know nothing about running <laughs> a business except how to sell things. Right. Like the only yeah. thing I figured out, which, um, you know, I'm super happy for is, you know, how to sell things. But, you know, the way I got into this business was because, um, I got a job at another local store that did Rutgers clothing, which is where I went to school and they did the fraternity, uh, clothing for fraternities and sororities. Yeah. And, Okay, one second. <laughs> they really want to get a hold of him right now. He's an important man. 
apparently had to take that. Otherwise, it was never going to stop. Okay. <laughs> no worries. So yeah, so Rutgers, Rutgers Clothing, you're working with both the print shop and... Yeah, so they actually, um, they actually hired me because they needed help building their e-commerce store. They can yeah. sell the Rutgers Clothing online. Yeah. So this is where I started. So, you know, and I told them I could do it. Um, and I had the experience, even though I didn't. And I just Googled my way and like called a bunch of favors. And eventually the site got up and it was generating like five to $10,000 in sales a month. And then, you know, and then at the end of the, you know, and after a couple months later, he's like, you know what, I'm just going to be done with all this. Right. Yeah. So, um, so after that is when um, I decided, well, let me take out this portion of the business, which is just the clothing, uh, clothing piece separate that out and turn that into its own branded business and you know and that's you know where where i kind of got my start there that's awesome and one of the things that i i you, you mentioned obviously that you struggled for a year and it, you know yeah. in the beginning you didn't get mentorship and things like that i know you now as like the guy that has like all the systems all the sops like yeah. all the it sounds like that going through that turmoil that you had to go through in your first business is part of the reason that you are like you have the genius in the way that you have it right now. Would that, would you think that's true or is there something um, else there? Yeah, I think, well, I, I think it's a varying degrees and varying scales, right? Because yeah. um, a business with less than six people in it yeah. looks very different from a business with six to 50 people in it. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I had to kind of hit like different varying degrees each step of the way uh, in order for me to really understand, okay, well, you know, systems at, the, you know, systems at one level is very different from systems and then le learning leadership at yeah. another level. Yeah. So, um, so yes, right. So that's where I, I definitely gained a significant level of appreciation of, okay, well, to get myself out of things, I have to create process because eventually there's also this aspect of, well, am I really going to know, right? Am I, am I really going to like, um, be able to get out of certain things. And the only way that we're going to is, you know, truly if we're able to like dump our brain onto a sheet without the expectation that other people are just going to get this. Yeah. So, <laughs> there we go. Complete. Nice. Yeah. And that's, and that's the biggest mistake that I made early on was that I thought everyone could just read my mind. Right. I mean, yeah. So how, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you get everything out of your mind and into these systems? Do you have a technique that you use? Do you have a, a like a, a process for creating yeah. processes? Um, yeah, I mean, not to overcomplicate anything, but um, essentially a process is only as good as if someone can um, replicate the outcome that you, you are creating for yourself, right? Yeah. So you really just, whenever you're doing something, you can open up Zoom or record a Loom and just start to like, just say, well, this is how I'm doing it. Here are the steps. Give your actual thought process on what you're thinking and why you're doing certain things that you're doing. And then really the, the true bulletproof test um, to see if it's breakable is just to give it to someone and see if they can arrive at the same outcome, yes or no. Yeah. Right? And that in a nutshell is, is process, right? And I think a lot of people kind of overcomplicate yeah. uh, what it is. It's, but, it's almost, it sounds like very simply, it's describe why you're doing it what exactly. the outcome is and whatever steps you might take to get there. Yeah. And why it's important, right. Yeah. And why it's important that you do it. Um, really understanding what, what can go wrong, yeah. right. Um, if this doesn't work out, what are the implications and consequences? 
of it not going as well as it could. Yeah. Um, and then I think, that's, some- I think that's really important for like when you're putting together processes for somebody else to do, because if they don't understand why it's important and what can go yeah. wrong, they're not going to put the energy and effort to actually getting the outcome that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the most important thing then is also looking at, well, where did it break? Right. Where did it actually break and why did it break? And this is where, you know, I pose a question to a lot of the entrepreneurs I, um, I mentor now, which is, well, was it a process issue or a people issue? Or a people issue, yeah. And typically, nine out, of time, nine, nine out of 10 times, it's a process issue where you didn't clearly communicate what it is that you explicitly wanted. And there were some things that were being left for assumption, right? So uh, one of my favorite sayings is you cannot get frustrated over uncommunicated expectations. Ooh, that's good. And, and I believe that this is, you know, and business and personal is I was, so- I was going to say, that's like, that's really good in business, but that's also like some personal development gold right there. Uh, 100%, right? And, you know, and my belief is that when you start to really treat your business as a container for your personal growth, and you start to look at all the issues that exist in your business, and then you start to really look at, well, where else in my life does this exist? Then you're really- um, you know, my belief is that entrepreneurs who really take a significant level of self-responsibility and really see how that connects, not just in their business, but outside their world are yeah. the ones that have the most success. Interesting. Real, real quick question for you. You mentioned the word success. How would you define success? Um, I, I would say it's based on your own definition of success. Yeah. Well, what is, what is your definition of success then? Um, for me personally, it's, can I do whatever I want to do? when I want to do it and, and essentially like, can I not only pay my bills, but can I like live comfortably? Yeah. Right. So for me, um, by, by and large, uh, if I wanted to work five to 10 hours a week right now, I could. Yeah. And quite frankly, if I wanted to work even less than that, I could. Yeah. Right. So, um, I'm just opting for, well, I want to build something that can really serve and impact more people um, because it's like, what else would I do with my time, right? Like, this is fun for me. If if you didn't do that, you would just be bored with that time anyways. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, so, and for me, it's also, well, what else can I do uh, in the world, right? Like, I want to have leverage. And what I mean by leverage is, uh, well, if I do something over here, um, I can use that asset again right and that's why i love businesses well once i build you know this system that essentially creates value in the world then all i have to do is put in some more inputs so that i can get more outputs more output yeah that's awesome so what's actually i should probably you know bring this up for you right now what's your big focus what is that system that you're putting inputs in and getting outputs out of just so that everybody's aware yeah so um so the best way to think about it is um, I, my deepest desire is to help people feel really fulfilled in the work that they do in their world. Yeah. So that's one of which two. I, which I think is why we're such good friends because yes. that's basically my mission too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, and I believe there's two people, there's the entrepreneur and then there's everyone else. <laughs> right. So, and if you're the entrepreneur, then we have pretty much all the systems that you need in order for you to get out of your business. So you can hand it off to other people. Yeah. But, you know, for other people, um, you know, if, if you're looking for a job, we want you to find a company where you're super happy doing the work that you're doing. You're super happy getting paid what you want to actually receive. 
and you're super aligned to the mission of the company that you want to work with. So, um, so based on that, uh, we have, um, you know, essentially three different B2B coaching companies, right. Where we help people at, you know, basically from starting off, right. And this is a business that we obviously, uh, an industry that we share where we help coaches, um, really help build our coaching business. And then we help, um, you know, now I'm working with course creators, um, you know, now partnered with Daniel Leslie, um, on helping course creators build their course, uh, or education or mentorship based business. Um, and then we also have, you know, people that have already cracked the, you know, are between one and 10 million that, you know, also on a scale. Um, so that's like our business coaching world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now I call these kind of like our infrastructure businesses, because as businesses grow, you're either going to need, you know, more customers or you're going to need more team members. Yeah. So, you know, so we have a business that helps you hire and staff like virtual assistants all the way up to uh, COOs and everything on the operational yeah. level. Uh, we are just getting into helping people uh, find like media buyers or someone that can run your uh, advertising, uh, Facebook ads and so on. Um, and uh, an SEO. Right. And so and then we have our two traffic agencies, uh, which is help more customers, which is a digital ad side and the SEO side. And both those agencies are, are super world class, uh, work with some of the top companies in a multitude of different industries. And you know, so it's, it's been getting very, very exciting um, because our customer list across the board is yeah, uh, some significant players in various industries now. Yeah. So so, you know, as you're working with all these uh, as you're working with all these coaches and course creators and content creators and things like that. Uh, you've had some insight into a lot of different people and a lot of different entrepreneurs. What would you say really, you know, because you've seen people that are, are wildly successful. You've seen people that are decently successful and you've seen people that struggle, 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 right? What would you say is the difference between those three sets of people? Um, I would say the biggest, the biggest difference of who I find that are successful and not successful are ones that just keep at it. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, do you actually have 10 years of experience or one year of experience repeated 10 times? Oh, that's hard. And, <laughs> and this kind of goes to your question because the difference between the person who truly has 10 years of experience is someone who's doing it differently every single year, which yeah. you know, someone like yourself, right? And that's yeah. what I, I very much admire about you is, Every year of business for you has been very different from the year prior to that. Yeah. And, you know, and the way that people think uh, and the best way to think about growth and the people who grow the quickest, it's nothing. It's not based on time. Right. And I think that's uh, a construct that we can kind of eliminate from this conversation because it's actually based on the rate of how quickly you're willing to look at what you're doing receive, reflect and receive feedback on what you're doing, uh, whether it's from yourself and hopefully from others and for mentors, and then take a different action. And so it's reflection, action, reflection, action. So the rate of growth is dependent on how many times you can make it into that loop. How quickly you can iterate, basically. Exactly. And how quickly you can iterate and say, oh, What's the lesson that I learned here? What's the lesson I received here? You can apply this to life. You can apply this to business. Um, you know, and if we're looking at it from a life perspective, you know, every single challenge or circumstance that you ever have received has been posed to you so that you can extract out as many different lessons as you can. And until you do, you're going to keep on receiving the same challenge 
in hopes that you're getting taught the same lesson. Question right? so, for you. Yeah, I, I want to I I hit this real quickly. Why do some people not learn that lesson? Because um, I think, I, like, I... I love what you're saying right now. I, I, it's funny. Yeah. I just did an interview on David Meltzer's The Playbook, and he asked me a very similar question. He's like, dude, you're so young. He's like, yeah. how come you have, quote unquote, more wisdom than a 60-year-old business coach? And I basically told him the same thing. I said, well, I actually learn from my mistakes very, very quickly, and yeah. I do it over and over again, right? So why do some people not? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple layers to that question. Um, the first is... It takes a lot of work to look at the truth. Yeah. Um, it, a lot it of takes, courage, too. It takes a lot of courage to look at the truth, exactly. Um, so, you know, because a lot of time when people look at the truth, there's a lot of uh, potential shame in yeah. there. And that actually prevents people from uh, really, you know, looking at it, right? So, um, what's going on here? Okay, so, and, and I'll have to share this, uh, this quote, which is, the degree to which a person can grow is directly proportional to the amount of truth he can accept about himself without running away. And that was said by Leland Val Vandewald. Yeah. And, and I believe that's fundamentally the reason why some people grow and why some people don't, right? And, and, and that's one path. And the other path is there's this idea of a self-made a self-made person yeah and 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 i think and for me and this is the trap that i fell into by the way so i have a lot of compassion for this person because i was this individual yeah because i'd say of the 10 years of experience i've had i'd say five of them was probably the same and the reason was because i wanted i had to feel like i had something to prove that i didn't yeah i didn't do it with any other outside help and that narrative eventually became a trap yeah. uh, for me. And, and it was just hard, right? And, the, and every single year where I had the biggest leapfrog in growth is just because I, I asked for help, got the right coaches, got the, uh, got the right mentors, and I just you know, completely flipped up. Yeah, the, the willingness to be open and humble and look at, look at those faults or those gaps or those mistakes and be true to them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people really don't want to hear that their baby's ugly. Right. And, and they and they tie their personal identity yeah. to the business. And I think that's the biggest issue is that they tie their personal identity, their personal, their personal worth, worth, right, exactly, right, their yeah. personal self-worth to the business. And until you can separate out the two and realize you are not your business and your business will fundamentally always be broken as and that will be the truth of business as long as you're growing. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I mean, you can come and send you my businesses. I can go into your business. We're going to find a bunch of shit that's broken, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's the nature of, of business growth. So, yeah. um, so I'd say that's probably why it's just, it's, it's, it takes a lot of humility and courage to really ask for help. And, um, you know, and our mutual friend, Alex Moscow, you know, top, um, uh, really shared this with me, which is like, you know, uh, success does not take time. It takes courage. Oof. Right. And, and, that, and that's really stuck with me is uh, it, it, it takes a lot of courage for someone to really look at the things that um, are seemingly really ugly. And I've seen this at every single stage of business all the way up to, you know, people in their eight figures. Right. So, um, you know, because 
it's it's showing someone like the ugliness and you know of the business and there's a lot of shame there so a lot of people don't welcome that help in yeah that's amazing man so really the people that are the most successful are the ones that are courageously willing to look at their own shit yes find the gaps find the holes and iterate to grow quickly yeah and you know and i found that the people who are often less successful in business are the ones who are more talented yeah. um and and what I mean by that is there are people that are so smart and so good at all the things in their business that they're the ones that have the toughest time letting go of things. But it's people and, where and realizing realizing that they could be wrong and there might be a better yes. way. Yes. And getting yeah, I love that. My my favorite day, you know, and my favorite day in entrepreneurship was the day I realized that I don't actually have to be good at anything. And and right. <laughs> And I am still gotta, that you gotta, person. You got to expand on that, by the way. Yeah, that's a big cliffhanger for a lot of people. I think. Sure, sure. Okay. No, I'm I'm glad that we're we're diving into this. So what I mean by that is, your job as so, um, so this is this is going to go into a little bit of uh, of a philo uh, philosophical uh, semantic uh, debate in terms of like what is an entrepreneur and what is not. Perfect. And my belief is that. If you are actually an entrepreneur, your job is to be a steward of your vision, right? It means that the vision is not yours, but the vision is coming through you. And your responsibility is to be a steward of that vision and to enroll support of other people who want to join you in the stewardship of that vision. Yeah. It's not and, your vision. It is the vision that you are, you are serving. Correct. Because once you start to realize that, you're not the only person with this vision in the world. And there's actually a lot of people that want the same vision. And what do I mean by vision, right? Vision means the change that you want to see in the world. Simply put. Yeah. And when you start to realize, well, you're not the only person that wants this thing changed. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that want it changed. Yeah. And until you enroll other people into that, um, into, and, and this is why I don't even use the word enroll anymore. It's align. align until yeah. you, you know, until you align other people into that vision, and the enrollment is well. Why should you do it with you versus another person? That's where the enrollment comes in. Yeah. And you're not really an entrepreneur if you're doing all the work on your own and you are not working with anybody else. Like you are not an entrepreneur, right? Like independence. Independence is easy. And the pride, I, I think, the pride of independence is the biggest issue with why people don't grow because doing things on your own is easy the moment that you have to rely and trust on other people and focus on the interdependence of your relationships that's when you add the multiple layers of complexity and that's when things truly become more challenging and um you know so i i, I don't have a lot of um you know i i, I don't you know, when, when, and, and on that note, I've also found a lot of entrepreneurs because they don't want to go hire help, have innovated in their business, innovated their business models, innovated their systems to push it to a certain point yeah. where they don't have to hire that person. And I find th those people to be really remarkable as well. <laughs> Cause they, they literally almost have to go create something entirely new to go around this thing. And they have. Yeah. Like I I know people that are running 
you know, multi seven figure businesses with three people because they just optimized it to not rely on, you know, to rely on yeah. just those three people. It's, one, it's phenomenal. Yeah. One thing, one thing I kind of want to echo here is we're talking about, I love this idea of you being a steward for your vision, right? Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you, you flip that, it, you, you flip that relationship, right? Rather than it being my vision or your vision or anybody's vision, the vision is there. It's, you know, it's, coming down from the universe or whatever it is. Yes. And you are the steward for that vision. I think that changes everything, right? Like I think about you and I, and um, you know, like we are in similar spaces when it comes to helping coaches and our yes. close friend Rob Dial is as well, but like we don't view each other as competitors because we are all stewards of a similar vision, right? Yes. So we share ideas, we mastermind, we collaborate because we all are stewards that are serving that same bigger mission. Yes. Right. And I didn't realize that we were doing that until you just brought it up. Right. And, and I think that this is really important because um, we have this uh, in, in our business, we have this in um, you know, one of our companies and your company, we have the same customer. Yeah. Right. And, and I want, and I want people to really hear this and understand this, that Xander and I are open books with each other when it comes to our business. We're like, yeah. Well, this is what we're doing. This is what's working. This is what's not working. This didn't here's work. This did work. Yeah. Here's our program. Here's it. everything. Yeah. And and I and I want to just take a moment to share that because not only did we have a mastermind with uh, just us two, we had it with like six other people. Yeah. <laughs> we're all like, this works. This doesn't work. Here's what's happening because, um, you know, I I don't believe there's competition. Only creativity. Yeah. Right. And this is something that I heard uh, my coaches tell me. It's like there's no competition, only creativity. And, you know, we're all here because we desire to do the same thing. And if we're truly here for the outcome of the change, then wouldn't we wouldn't we want to support the people who are on similar missions to us? Right. Yeah. Because then because then you have to be honest with yourself of do you actually care about the change being facilitated in the world, or do you it, just want the credit? Is it coming back to the pride? Is it coming back right, to the exactly. ego? Exactly. Yeah. Or do you just want the credit, right? Do you just want to do it for your own ego? Yeah. Right? And that's why I so appreciate you because it's just like, yeah, like this is all the shit that's broken. Like, it, you know, and it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting for me. Yeah. We really are open books about this shit. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too, because for me, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't know if you've seen this as well, a lot of entrepreneurs get into it for pride. They get yes. into it for pride. And as yes. they start to see more success, they start to lower the guard, lower the ego, lower the pride, because they start to realize that there's more and the pride will only, number one, it'll only get you so far. And number two, it'll actually make entrepreneurship a, a lot less fun. Yeah. And, and some people build billion dollar companies on that. Yeah. Right. So I think it's important to realize that it happens at very uh, varying degrees of stages, varying degrees of scales. Yeah, because I've seen people that have built massive businesses on ego. But, you know, I think that we're starting to really enter into a new age of consciousness where people are becoming more self-aware and understanding, wow, you know, I feel, right? Like we all just went through the great pause together, yeah. um, uh, otherwise known as a pandemic, right? <laughs> the great pause. Yes. And, you know, and I do believe that like, people- Is that like the blip from the Marvel movies? Like yeah. five years just disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, you know, and I do feel that people are coming into a level of self-awareness of if you're not happy, right, if you're not completely thrilled with what you're doing, like there's something wrong. And I think a lot of people are starting to uh, really um, change their their world, right, uh, and change the way that they're operating because of it.
Dude, I love that. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think we're just going to need to set up a second conversation so we can dig into some more of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do want to be conscious of time. Zion, you have, you've dropped a lot of knowledge right now. I think the one, the one question that I do want to ask you before I let you go is if there was one thing you actually could have learned at Rutgers, you could have learned at college, but you didn't, what would it be? I would say the biggest thing is there's no merit to having to do everything fast. Yeah. And you are in a journey where it is you and yourself. And the moment you stop comparing yourself to others and you realize that you are perfectly where you're supposed to be at all times, I believe that people will start to build more businesses with a significant degree of ease, uh, with more compassion for themselves, and and just more kindness towards ourselves, uh, themselves, right? And you know, I, I really do wish I learned that earlier. Of just, you know, enjoy, right? Enjoy the journey because, like, who are you? Like, what are you trying to prove, and to who? Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Zen master himself, Zion Kim. Thank you so much for the time today, man. Uh, this was really good. I think our audience is going to get a ton from this. Uh, and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, uh, hope you've gotten a lot from this one. Don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the shit you don't learn in college book available now. Uh, going to be an absolute game changer. Check it out at www.sidlick. That's S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. You can also go on Amazon and grab your copy now. Uh, we've got some free bonuses for you at sidlickbook.com as well. And I'll see you guys there. Zion, thanks a ton, man. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is so much fun. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.